Nathan sprang to his feet, grabbing the counter once more, as he heaved what little there was in his stomach into the sink. He stood there bent over for several minutes, even though nothing more came up. He turned on the faucet, filling one cupped hand and wiping the cold water on his face. He remained hunched over the sink for several more seconds, waiting for his head to clear before shutting off the water. He grabbed a towel and pressed it against his face with both hands. Finally, he straightened up and looked at himself in the mirror. This is the face of the man who will save the earth? The thought brought the smallest of laughs. I am not in this alone, he reminded himself. I have friends. I have a crew. I have a ship. Nathan stood up straight and adjusted his uniform shirt. Sergeant Weatherly snapped to attention as the captain walked out of his quarters. The sergeant was adorned in coronary body armor and a fleet-issue combat helmet. A standard coronary-issue energy rifle was slung over his shoulder. In addition, a holstered energy pistol and his favorite combat knife hung on his belt. Nathan looked the sergeant over, somewhat surprised to see him, and even more surprised to see him dressed in the unusual combination of combat gear. His eyebrows shot up. New look, sergeant? We are at war, sir, the sergeant answered. Nathan nodded. Yes, I guess we are. Are you okay, sir? The sergeant asked. You look a little pale. Something I ate, Nathan said, as he headed down the corridor, the sergeant following to his side and one step behind. I'll be fine. Yes, sir. I suppose Lieutenant Commander Nash put you back on my six. SOP, Captain, since... Since we're at war, I guess I'd better get used to it. I'll try to stay out of your way, sir. Don't worry about it, Sergeant, Nathan said. I appreciate your presence, really. It's one less thing I have to worry about. Yes, sir. They walked silently for several moments until the sergeant finally asked, Do you have a plan, sir? Well, I planned on going to the briefing. I am the keynote speaker, after all. No, I meant... Oh, the other thing, Nathan said, realizing the sergeant was referring to the Jung occupation of Earth. Not yet, sergeant, but I'm working on it. Yes, sir. As they continued down the corridor in silence, Nathan wondered if it might have been better to lie to the young Marine, to say something more confident like, I've always got a plan, or, you know me, I always think of something. At the moment, he simply didn't have it in him. A minute later, they arrived at the hatch to the command briefing room. Don't worry, sir, the sergeant said. You'll think of something. You always do. The sergeant smiled at his captain, revealing his confidence in his leader. Thank you, sergeant, Nathan said, taking note of the encouraging look on the young man's face. Nathan took a deep breath and stepped through the hatch. Captain on deck, the guard on the other side of the hatch bellowed. As you were, Nathan ordered as he strode across the compartment, trying to appear as confident as possible. The long table at the center of the command briefing room was full today, with all his senior staff present, including a few who rarely attended such meetings. Today, however, was different. They were deciding how to fight a war against an enemy that probably outnumbered them one hundred to one, maybe more. Nathan stood at the head of the table for a moment. As he prepared to speak, a million possible openings ran through his mind. His eyes met every set of eyes in the room over the span of a few seconds— These were the people that would save the earth, not he. After taking a breath, Nathan spoke. I'm sure that by now you are all aware that our homecoming was not as expected. It appears the Jung have already taken control of the earth and most likely the entire soul system. 
Abby was the first to speak, which was not unexpected, as Nathan had noticed more fear in her eyes than in anyone else's. How can we be sure? Maybe they've only destroyed the fleet and the Earth is still free. Nathan could see a shred of hope in the physicist's eyes, hope for her husband, for her children. He knew that, despite their having been sequestered on the research base along with her, Abby had seen little of them over the last ten years. Captain, Lieutenant Commander Nash interrupted, we do have confirmation that the Jung have occupied Earth. We have managed to get a few quick scans of the surface during battle, along with a few dozen images, just before we jumped out of the system. Nathan could see the hope leave Abby's eyes, replaced by fear. He felt guilty that he was glad Jessica had been the one to break the news to her. What did you find? he asked. We could only see about a third of the planet during our short time in orbit, Jessica began. But the NAU Capitol building in Winnipeg, the new Britain...